0: Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Detective isn't necessary, fellas. Just Alvin will do. I'm long retired.
1: Then have a seat, Pike, so we can get the ball rolling. I'm Antonetti. This is Kraus.
0: Kraus and Antoinetti. Well, I'll be
1: damned. Post-war
0: reconciliation is alive and well in Cleveland. Kraut and Dago can shed their uniforms and rise like rockets in the ranks. All we need is a Jap <laughs> at the table now. Flash your cold shields, boys. Reassure this old man you are
1: who you say you are. You're
0: gonna be an asshole, Pike. Your personal file don't say nothing
1: about you being an asshole. Fair and incorruptible. Courageous. That's the verbiage I recall. You could have wallpapered your house in accommodations, Pike. Not a single asshole poking its head up among the adjectives.
0: You have never been to my house, and you never will. <laughs> don't mind me. Our brave new America is a nation of second-generation immigrants. I'm just the son of a dirt-poor hog farmer from southern Iowa, boys. I've still got pig shit on the soles of my shoes. Coffee, sir? No, no coffee for me, miss. Water will do me fine. Make it a tall pitcher with ice cubes, and I will try my damnedest to name my next grandchild. I'm sorry, but I can't quite read your name tag without my specs. It's Mabel. It's Mabel. Mabel it is. A lovely name. Cigarette Joe. Thanks. Pike? Filthy habit. Never did subscribe. You mind? You care if I do? Now, I appreciate the bus ticket and the voucher for the room at the Sheraton follows, but I spent the entirety of last night, and then some, with my haunches plastered to a bus seat as supple as a cinder block. Traverse nearly 800 miles of black-as-pitch farmland to look you both in the eye.
1: We've got questions.
0: I figured that part out. And we're meeting here, and not at the Justice Center, because why? For lunch. The chicken pot pie is good. Oh, the chicken pot. That's thanks for the tip. You two come by your glowering, naturally, or is it part of some sophisticated interrogation technique?
1: Why do you think we asked you to come all the way back to Cleveland, Pike?
0: Because you crave scintillating conversation. Or to shoot the shit. Or to ask for my autograph. It's either Elliot Ness you want to know about, or it's the Butcher. That's where any notoriety I might have begins and ends. Both. Then I'll be ordering that chicken pot pie and a side of peach cobbler.
1: And we want to hear about Gus Frain.
0: Frain's long buried.
1: So is Elliot Ness. Yeah, but I didn't
0: shoot him. What I heard, Ness dropped out of a heart attack on his front porch going seven years ago. Broke on his third marriage. Boozer at the end. Had he lived, he would have been famous all over again. What with Robert Stacks playing him on television? You watch that show, The Untouchables? I never missed it when it was on the tube. I think you two would have liked Ness. Second generation Norwegian immigrants smelled of pine and fjords from a family of Chicago bakers or, or bread delivering men, something wholesome like that. It was yeasty, tasty white, sad gray eyes. Conversation is a two way street, boys. I'm listening to myself talk here. I get that you want me to fill the uncomfortable silences I used that ploy myself back in the day, but I don't know exactly where you want me to start.
1: Let's start with Gus Frank. Fellas, I'll tell
0: you right now, it was a righteous shot. I was cleared more than 25 years ago, and I don't much want to waltz down that particular old memory lane.
1: You killed your old partner.
0: I shot him, yes. I did not intend to kill him. Read the report. He's
1: dead. Died the day you put a bolt in his head.
0: Everybody will be dead, eventually. Me included. Even the two of you. Back to life. The human condition.
1: All right, then. Let's start with the butcher. You were there at the beginning, from day one.
0: I was. That would be the Lady of the Lake. September 5th, 1934. You remember the exact date? I remember every damn detail about the butcher case. Whole thing was a waking nightmare, five years in duration. Go on. Like I said, September fifth, nineteen thirty-four. I was sitting at my desk in the detectives bureau when a call came in about a possible body on the beach. Two uniforms were already on the scene. I remember it being a gray, cloudy morning with a serious chill in
1: the air. You're talking about a beach at Lake Erie?
0: That's right, Euclid Beach. Not the populated area either, where an amusement park is, but down where a narrow strip of sand, it slopes up to heavily treed land. Nothing down there, nothing but detritus washes up on the shore like driftwood. Trash, like what was left of the Lady of the Lake. God rest her severed soul. There
2: he is. Detective Pike, over here!
0: Ah, hell, I've got sand in my shoes. Who found it? A guy walking along the beach collecting driftwood. That's him over there sitting on the log. That guy, the, the miserable-looking hump wiping his nose on his fisherman's sweater?
1: He says his name is...
0: Get all his information, okay? Verify he's telling the truth, even if it means escorting him to his front door, tucking him in his bed, and then cut him loose. Detective, he was found smack in the middle of an active crime scene. Look around you, copper. This is no more a crime scene than my old granny's parlor. The victim... Or what's left of her washed ashore. Hell, she could have been murdered in Canada or tossed out a crop duster soaring overhead. In all likelihood, that miserable-looking hump on the log had nothing to do with the crime. Yeah. Okay. The coroner wants you to take it to Lakeside Morgue. Us? No, not all three of us, you dipshit. You two. I'll meet you there. The coroner's not coming out? Find a tarp or something. It's not going to weigh much more than a Christmas ham. After you drop it off, I want you back here, looking for the rest of it.
2: Of her. Do you have your steno pad available, Miss Tuttle?
1: Yes, sir, I do. Shouldn't we wait for Detective Pike to arrive?
2: We can get started on the preliminaries.
1: Pardon me for asking, but should you be smoking in the morgue, Doctor? During the last autopsy. That
2: was unfortunate. I will watch my ass this time, I promise.
1: Then please proceed.
2: What we are looking at is the lower half of a human torso, severed at the waist. The thighs are still attached. The legs below the knees are missing. The flesh is oddly discolored.
0: Sorry, I'm uh, late to the party. I had to dump sand out of my shoes. Corner Pierce, Miss Tuttle. So our body amounts to about
2: half a torso? If that. Female. Clearly. Brunette, not old. I'd wager mid to late thirties. You're contemporary, detective.
0: Can you estimate height and weight with only this much to go on?
2: Not precisely, but she was probably close to five foot six and weighed around 120 pounds.
0: Okay, average then. Well,
2: taller than average, maybe. Not waterlogged. How long was she in the water? A day, two days, maybe less. Can you tell how long she's been dead? Oh, longer. Could be a week. Cause of death is not discernible, neither is manner of death. I'm saying homicide. Dismemberment is not necessarily indicative of a homicide, Detective Pike. You mean she
0: could have died naturally of a heart attack or slit her wrists in a suicidal frenzy and then somebody did her the favor of hacking her to pieces? Until you show me a deranged and grieving
2: relative with a meat cleaver, I'm not buying it. Could the severing of the waist be caused by a boat propeller? No, this was done with a sharp blade and a steady hand. See? No jagged edges, which is what you'd expect from contact with a propeller in motion. So this was done by someone with anatomical knowledge? If you mean like a medical professional, not necessarily. Your average corner butcher would suffice. Her uterus is missing. The killer took it? If you're thinking along the lines of Jack the Ripper and his human kidney souvenirs, no. Her uterus was surgically removed at least a year before her death. That tidbit might help you to identify her. What caused this discoloration of the skin? There's no surface residue to test, but my guess would be chloride of lime or calcium hydrochloride. I'll know for certain after I remove a dermal segment. Okay. These are just guesses, as you know, Detective. Educated guesses, Doc. You've got frame degrees reaching from the floor to the ceiling. I don't. Humor me. He probably wanted to destroy the corpse with quicklime, but mistakenly used slacklime, which resulted in the opposite of what he intended. (laughs) It acted as a preservative. Then I'm looking for a dumb shit. Oh, that depends. On what? On whether he gets away with it or not.
1: Jesus. Hell of a thing. Pretty much line and verse out of the case file. You have a flair for recall, Pike. I'll give you that.
0: Always have. So that was the sum total of everything we knew about the erstwhile Lady of detectives. Never ID'd her. I personally checked out all 61 recorded cases of women missing between January and August 1934. You're too tall, too short, too young, too old. Uterus intact, or the lady in question was back home safe with the husband and kitties. You found more of her, though, didn't you? We did. Two days later and 30 miles away on North Perry Beach, a couple brothers, aged 11 and 13, they were digging in the sand with spades like kids do and uncovered something other than buried pirates' treasure. Mostly bone fragments, part of a shoulder blade, partial spinal column, 16 vertebrae, four lumber, 12 dorsal, if I remember correctly. The doc put the pieces together like a jigsaw puzzle, and a day later, near where the big piece was found, washed up on the shore at Euclid Beach. Some other kids dug up a collarbone and another shoulder blade. In the end, not even a full torso in toto, more like buttocks and thighs with a few spare parts. We concluded that the killer had chopped her up and probably made at least three packages for disposal. He dumped her in South Lake Erie from where we don't know, and when the wrapping dissolved, some of the pieces washed ashore. No shoe leather was spared, I guarantee you. We question everyone from Euclid Beach to North Perry Beach. And I had men tramping through the beachside sewers for weeks. No dice. Whoever she was and what little we found of her, he was buried in Potter's Field at Highland Park Cemetery. She's probably still there today.
1: There's no consensus that the Lady of the Lakes is one of the Butcher's victims.
0: There never was. Not even back then. But nobody you ask is going to dispute that's when the nightmare started. Call it the prelude for what
1: was soon to come. When did Gus Frayne enter the picture?
0: Miss Mabel. Hey, when you get a chance, I'm ready for that peach cobbler. All a mode, mm-hmm. if you got it. My wife, bless her, she'd be mad as hell if she caught me shoveling a load of dessert in my gullet. <laughs> Either of you fellas married. Gus Frayne. Like a broken record. Aren't you, detective? I'll tell the story my way, or I don't tell it at all. You're here on our dime, Pike. I'm here, out of the goodness of my heart, Antoinette. Back in Iowa, I've got hogs to feed and yellow corn to harvest. Then move the narrative of a Pike. Bottom line, all was quiet for a full year. I worked the Lady of the Lake case best I could, but everybody, including me, figured it was a one-off. Something we'd never solve, until we found a way to identify her We speculated that the victim was a murdered wife or mistress dumped in the lake by some prick of a husband or by her jilted lover. Then, about a year later, in September 1935, the butcher roared into town with a vengeance. The body's at the bottom of Jackass Hill. That's right. Specifically near East 49th and Praha Avenue. Kids made the discovery again. Two boys heading home for dinner. Nine times out of ten, it's kids or dog walkers who stumble across a body dump. Doubt things have changed much.
1: That's the period of time you first met Gus Frayn.
0: And the famous Elliot Ness, come to think of it.
1: Very fertile
0: time for me, socially. That ill-fated September. You boys know what Kingsbury Run was like back then?
1: Well, Krauss does. He's a fucking amateur Cleveland historian. Creams his shorts over geographic details.
0: Then he'll appreciate how yours truly sets the scene. It's September 23rd, 1935. Pete and I get out to Kingsbury Run about 5.40 p.m. Pete? You mean Pete Marlowe? Mm-hmm, the one and only. Pete was the senior detective in the Bureau. I was his partner most of the time. Did you know him?
1: Yeah, Pete was as pugnacious as a fucking bulldog. He was. <laughs> and the dapper
0: Dan Dresser, too. Let me tell you, back in the 30s, his plainclothes attire wasn't plain, on any account. Summer and fall, Pete showed up to work in a light-colored, double-breasted suit, wide-legged, pleated pants, and a straw fedora. You know that uh, actor on TV, the Richard Boone Show, Harry Morgan? Pete had that kind of face. Half bloodhound, half film star.
1: He did. God rest his soul.
0: Okay, September 23rd, 1935. Not nightfall, but close dusk. Shadows long... This part of the run was steep-sided gorge, severed by multiple rail lines. weed-choked, it was desolate, littered with trash, yellow newspapers.
1: A tramping ground for Depression-era hobos and itinerants.
0: Exactly that. Sixty feet down was where all the railroad tracks crisscrossed. Nickel Plate, Erie, Cleveland Interurban Lines, veritable grid of iron rails. South Cleveland Badlands. I can still recall the smell. It was noxious. Urine, stinkweed, hot iron.
1: Ike's your kind of poet, Ed.
0: What the boys found at the bottom of Jackass Hill, they described a white meaty object. Like a bleached side of beef. Only God help us, it wasn't beef. There's got to be an easier way to get down there, Pete. Even if there
3: is, we don't want to waste time searching for a fucking pathway down a hill. Come on. Don't be such a sissy, Alvin. Jesus
0: Christ. it has got to be at least 30 people milling around the crime scene. It looks mostly like uniform CPD. They're all staring down at something in a clump of weeds.
3: Big crowd of rubberneckers over there ain't cops. Hobos. Most
0: are probably living rough down in the run.
3: Degenerates.
0: Almost doesn't necessarily
3: mean degenerate, Pete. Tell that to my ever-loving nose. Stinks to high heaven down here. Detectives Miralone Pike, Cleveland PD, is taking the case.
2: Lou Fordham, Erie Railroad Police, be my guest. I'm not gonna get this side out of my head anytime soon.
3: Jesus, Pike, don't squat on top of it. He's freshly dead. And buck naked, except for his black socks. Black sure stands out against pale skin, doesn't it? Pale from blood loss, I bet. Poor slob's missing his fucking head. Yeah, he's missing his penis, too. I noticed that. Uh, that alone made my buttocks clinch.
2: There's another body over here!
3: Holy mother of God. About 30 feet, give or take, from the first. You think these two murders are
2: connected? Dude, headless and emasculated. Hell, I don't know, maybe. This one has no socks. <laughs> so maybe we're looking at two killers.
0: Pete, take a closer look at this. I'm not gonna stick my fucking face near that thing. Use your handkerchief to cover your nose and mouth, then the flies won't crawl up into your nostrils.
3: I see it. Liver mortis.
0: No, 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 this isn't the right shade. Liver mortis is purplish. This discoloration is more color of uh, rust. And it's everywhere on the skin, not just where the blood settled. Some kind of chemical, maybe? the lady of the lake had chemical discoloration too.
3: That was a female torso dumped in the lake one year ago. This is two men half buried at the bottom of a ravine. As different as night and day.
0: I'm reserving judgment. You
3: do that. What's important in the here and now is as clear as day. The decomposition's more advanced in this corp than it is for his buddy over there. Even the fucking flies can attest to that. These two weren't killed at the same time.
0: Not even close
3: but they were probably dumped at the same time. What does that tell you, Alvin?
0: Not just two murder victims, but two separate murders.
3: We're looking at a degenerate sex thing, Alvin. You don't slice off a man's cock to rob him. Decapitation, maybe, but you leave a man with his dignity.
0: Yeah, unless you're trying to rob him of his dignity, humiliate him. One,
3: I might buy. But two victims, days or weeks apart, it's a degenerate sexting, habitual. Our killer will be in that ragtag group of bums over there, getting off watching this, thinking he's smarter than us, that he's got away with it. That's how sex degenerates think, all ego and perversion. Round them up, every one of these filthy bums, We're bringing them all back to the station.
2: Your patrol cop found one of the heads over here found the other one jesus christ what kind of
0: sick bastard are we dealing with i'm afraid we're about to find out
2: crooked river is created by dave beasley and cassie wells starring zachary ray sherman jeff Tendle, miles sullivan andrew garrett albie selznick Stephanie Myers, Levi Petri, Joseph Covino, Glenn Payne, Nate Ward, Taylor Jury-Scorse, Jessica Andres, Dave Huber, Gail Trudeau, Raphael Goldstein, and Alexandra Vaughan. Post-production sound by Joe Morales and Elf Tree Studio. A Haywood Production.
1: Thank you for listening. And don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.